You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Welcome to Connect Sunday. It's going to be an exciting, exciting Sunday. My kids, uh, I have three kids. My daughter's seven. My sons are 11 and 12. And they go to a school called Literacy First Charter School in East County because um, East County is where the Holy Ghost is. <laughs> and so that's where they go to school. And, um, and I love their school because one of the, one of the taglines, uh, if you go onto their website, it says, uh, Literacy First Charter School, where every child is known. Where every child is known. And I like that because we all have a craving to be known. We all have a craving to, to, for people to know who we are because it makes us feel recognized. It makes us feel valued. And uh, I know that that's not just a tagline because my, my daughter last year, um, she ended up winning some award at the end of the year. Um, it is actually the most prestigious award you could win for her class. But, uh, but, but what, the, what the teacher said, the, like her comment about my daughter, Henley, was that she just dances through life. She just dances through life. And you wouldn't know that unless you know my daughter. She literally does dance through life. She doesn't walk down the hallway, she cartwheels down the hallway. And uh, you know, we're at SeaWorld the other day and she doesn't walk from exhibit to exhibit, she dances from exhibit to exhibit. You know, if there's music on, she's getting her groove on. And so I know that this teacher knew my daughter and that made me feel good as her father to know that somebody knows her. And then, it really hit me when we were walking out of school one day when I went and picked her up. We're walking out of school, and the guy that was, I've never seen him before. He was the guy directing traffic because the school's on a busy street, and uh, he was directing traffic. And as we're walking out, my daughter goes, bye, Mike. And Mike goes, bye, Henley. And we walk out, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, even the parking dude knows my daughter and knows her name. And it made me feel, feel so good that she is known, that she's not just walking around school by herself, isolated, not known by anybody, not recognized by anybody. And the truth is, uh, being known is important, but being known by God isn't quite enough. I mean, if you, if you go, you would think, like, if you're known by God, that might be enough. But if you go back to the garden, you guys know the story. When Adam was created in the garden, God, God created a garden of paradise. He put Adam in it. It was before sin, so there was like, everything was perfect. Like all the vegetation was organic. Like there was organic kale for days. There was spinach. There was acai bowls. There was like quinoa, probably. There was all this like organic stuff. And, uh, and, and it was before sin, so there was perfect relationship with God. The only thing that wasn't in the garden was carne asada. Come on, somebody. The only good thing that came from the fall is carne asada. If you're a vegetarian, let me free you. You can eat meat now. <laughs> but there was, there was no separation from God. Adam had this perfect communion. He was perfectly known, yet God said, it's not good for you to be alone. So he gave him a helper, Eve. But he didn't stop there. He said, now be fruitful and multiply. It's not even good for you just to be you and, you and Eve. I want you to have kids, I want you to have a family, I want you to have friends, I want you to fill the earth. So it's important to be known, it's important to be in connection with people. Um, uh, nowadays, in this generation, as we know, social media is like the big thing, right? And so we think we're connected because we have all these counterfeit relationships online. And it's amazing because we've had, we have, we're so connected, yet we're more depressed than ever. Because it's a counterfeit relationship. So Instagram and Facebook and 
you know, Twitter and Snapchat, all that stuff, it, it's, it's fine. It's just, it's not real connection. It's counterfeit connection. It's online connection. The studies actually show that we are more depressed after spending time on social media with all of our friends than when, before we started on social media. Suicide is at an all-time high. And the only reason it's not the highest killer amongst teens and young 20s is because there are so many failed attempts. But yeah, we're so connected. We have so many friends. People like us. But we're not really connected. We're counterfeit connection. I was reading about the, the motivation of, of people that, that join gangs. And the reason people join gangs, there are a few different reasons, but I just picked out three. The first one is identity and recognition. People, people uh, want to be a part of something. They want to be recognized. When you're with people, you find your identity. So they, so they get in these gangs so they can, be, they can be recognized. They get in these gangs so they can be protected. Because stuff's coming against them. Sometimes they live in areas that aren't so nice, and so they get into these gangs so they can be protected. They have people around them, protecting them. The other one is fellowship and brotherhood. So the majority of these gang members, the, the gang is actually an extension of their family. In fact, they, they, they consider them family. So they're, they're, they're connected with these people in these gangs, and that, that's a motivation, a motivation of people because we all crave connection. We all crave fellowship in the flesh, whether we know it or not. Second John 1, 12, I like it. It says, John speaking, it says, having many things to write to you, I did not wish to do so with paper and ink. Anybody remember paper and ink? Remember that? Like you write on a piece of paper and you put it in the mail. Hello, I see you. Paper and ink. But, but I hope to come to you and speak to you face to face that our joy may be full. In other words, if I write to you, our joy is not gonna be full. But because I'm going to come to you face to face, our joy can be full because we all need that face to face, that intimate connection. And that's why, that's one reason why connect groups are so, so powerful because they are face to face. I often tell the Balboa campus that a connect group is the greatest thing I ever did for my Christianity and ultimately for my life. The reason I say that is because it was. I don't just say that on Connect Sunday, I say it. Every, every other week when we announce Connect because it was the greatest thing that I ever did for my Christianity. I was saved when I was six years old, but I was never a disciple or a real follower of Christ until I was 30, and I'm 45 now. And so I wasted all this time because I never had any Christian friends. I thought my friends were enough that, that I grew up with, and so I never actually was doing life with anybody that were Christians. I thought for whatever reasons, Christians were weird. I thought Christian men were weak. I thought they had a weird language that they spoke that I couldn't understand. I've come to know that's called Christianese. I have a video to show you what that is. So can you guys, can you guys play the video? Bless his heart. I think he's backsliding. I think I saw him drink. Yeah, but in moderation. I just wasn't seeing much fruit. He's going down a slippery slope. How's your heart, man? How's your heart? I'm just such a words guy. It was a total God thing. I'm blessed. I've been working on my testimony. Is that secular music? We're opening with a secular song tonight. Wait, is this a secular song? Isn't she secular? Which station's The Fish? 104.3 The Fish. Safe for the whole family. You know he's a believer. I think he's saved. I just pray you'd give him traveling mercies. Mm. Pray for all Tyler's unspokens. Mm. Echo that. Just really like to echo 
Tyler's prayer, Father. I just, I echo that echo of my echo of his echo. I really feel like I'm being released from this, you know? I'm trying to be relevant. I'm just trying to be in the world, not of it. Hey, do you want to join our small group? You want to join my D group? You want to join my cell group, community group, access group, accountability group, Acts 27 group? Dude, he brought it. He brought the word. That service last night rocked me. They're pretty purpose-driven. Yeah, it's seeker. Don't they do seeker service there? I feel like he's gotten really watered down. I don't feel like he really teaches the word. There's just not enough meat, you know? Are they non to We have a great Wednesday night supper. Let's invite some dudes over and fellowship tonight. We're gonna have a sweet time of fellowshipping tonight. Dude, we had the sickest fellowship last night. We're going to extreme. Velocity. Ignite. Yeah, I'm going to ignite. The edge. The dive. The bridge. The ramp. Fire. Courageous. Passion. Echo. Reverb. Noise. Velocity. Drive. Elevate. Radiate. 722. 635. 419. Orange. Blue. Yellow. Green. Clear. Neon. Catalyst conference this year. I don't do that because I feel like it ruins my witness. Been struggling with that. So I'm really wrestling with that. I'm wrestling with a doubt. Need someone to hold me accountable. I'm really trying to be intentional with her. I'm pursuing her for sure. I'm trying to guard her heart. Guard her heart though, bro. Will you hold me accountable to that? Yeah, well bounce your ass. Bounce your ass. Dang it. Crap. Shoot. Sheesh. Frip. Darn it. What the H? Holy crap. Son of a beasting. Dude, he's really teeing me off. I'm gonna kick his A. Are you asking me right now? Not cool. Come on, how many people have heard somebody talk like that? How many people have talked like that? Yeah, we've all talked like that. We've all said something weird. It's so funny. Come on, I just wanna pray for his unspokens and I echo his echo and, you know, guard her heart. I mean, how weak and weird is that? That's what, that was my viewpoint of Christians. But the problem was I didn't know any Christians. The title of my message this morning is Sick Fellowship. I think we need some sick fellowship in the church. And, uh, and, and, and I grew up not knowing any, any Christians. It was like the church service was okay. Like the message was cool. But, but I didn't want anything to do with the people. I thought my friends were literally literally enough, and I wasn't, I wasn't doing life with anybody that was going for God, so I didn't even know what that really looked like. And uh, I was trying to fit in, not stand out for Jesus. I was just trying to fit into my friends and what, and what they were doing, and, and I've always been kind of like a, you know, like a leader. Like, I, I, I was a captain of every team I was ever on, um, so, so it's a shame that I never, like, was going for God earlier, because I, I, I feel like I could have brought quite a few people to Christ, but the only people that I met or knew were the, the weirdos that said stuff like, come over for supper and like, let's go fellowship or, you know, whatever. And so I, I, I never, I never like went all for God. We didn't have, we didn't have uh, uh, awakened youth. We didn't have a youth group or a junior high group that I could go to that, that was cool. And so I just never, I just never got involved. My wife says, you know, when she met me, I was a leader, but the only place I was leading people to was the club. So I'm like, whatever, babe. But, but she's right. And, and that's, why, that's why Connect was so important for me. That's why it changed everything. I was, at a, I was going to another church, and this is probably now, you know, 15 years ago or, or so. And um, I heard the, the Connect thing. They were doing this whole Connect push, this whole Connect launch. And I was like, man, I'd never even served in church before. I've been saved since I was six. And so I was like, man, I, I kind of know I need to get into a Connect group. And so I built up the courage to, to call like one of the people that was on the connect list or whatever, I can't remember how they did it, but I called this guy and it was a lot for me to do that. Like I was nervous, 
you know, I didn't know really anybody in the church except for my family. We would come to church and then roll out like right after church. And so, but I got up the courage to call and I called this guy and left him a message. He didn't answer. And I was waiting, you know, kind of nervously for him to call me back. Well, guess what happened? He never called me back. So guess how much longer it took me to get into a connect group? Two years. So for two more years, because I was so scared to even make another call, and truthfully, if I had any desire, I could have just called him again. So sometimes church makes a mistake, just, just call again, we'll answer if something happens, whatever. But we're, we're believing we're not gonna leave you out or we're not gonna call you back. We are gonna call you back, we are gonna get you plugged in. But it was so important because I lost two more years out of connection because I didn't get into, into a connect group. But when I finally did, we had, a, uh, we had premarital counseling and the, my premarital counselors ended up starting a connect group. And so all of my people that I was in this premarital counseling class with, there was eight couples. We were all just getting married and we all started a connect group together. And so for the first time in my life, I had Christian friends. And I realized that I could actually, had to you know, sever the cord from some of the friends that I was hanging out with and start doing life with these guys because these guys were actually going for God. And, these, and together we were learning from each other. I started to see how marriage can be done. I started to have accountability, not like a, a weird accountability partner that I have to call every time I say a bad word or think of something evil. Like accountability, like when I show up to Connect Group, I got eight other men that I don't wanna be embarrassed to, that I wanna treat my wife better, I wanna give, I wanna live my life better because I'm accountable because there's people in my world that know me, that I'm known by, by people. And it was that connect group that God used to launch me into uh, seeking the power of God because it, it, it was that connect group that caused me to launch my own connect group. So my wife and I finally stepped out and we launched our own connect group. I saw Dr. Matt Hubbard, our North Campus pastor, at, uh, at a church service at eight in the morning. There was 8,000 people there. I'd never seen him at church before and I ended up seeing him that day. What a coincidence. So I invited him to our connect group. If I didn't have a connect group, we would have probably never connected. But we had a connect, so I invited my connect group. Well, you guys know, a lot of you know my story. Shortly after that, I got sick. I got kidney failure. And because of Matt, who knew a guy from C3, he called him and brought him into the hospital, prayed for me, and my kidneys were healed, and perhaps my life was saved because of connect groups. You never know what's gonna happen, but if you're isolated, you might not get the help you need. We need connection, we need, we need people. I am literally here more than likely because of Connect Group. So whenever I think about that, it's like, it's like I don't have a problem being passionate about Connect Group and telling people to get involved because it saved my life. The reason I'm a pastor today, I believe, is because I started leading Connect Groups and then multiplying Connect Groups and it taught me how to lead people and it taught me how to pour into people, how to care for people, how to pastor people. And that's why I believe that I, that I am what I am. Because your relationships will determine your destiny, they just will. Pastor, you're gonna mention on, on, the, on the video, your relationships will determine your destiny and your relationships will also lift you up. There's a, uh, there's a stadium in Oslo, Norway. It's called Bislett Stadium. At this stadium, there are over 50 world records for track and field, the most of any stadium in the world. And so they, they looked at this stadium, they looked at all these world records and they said, man, what is it about this stadium where all these people are breaking records? And so they, they investigated the stadium and they found that the track itself was comparable to every other track, that it wasn't the elevation that was affecting how fast people are running, that it wasn't the weather, the weather was just like you know a bunch of other places in the world, but what they found was 
because the crowd was so close and intimate to the runners, it, it, it provided encouragement and energy, and it, and, it, and it created what they called the lifting effect. I want to show you a picture of the stadium. See, see the stadium right here, how the seats are right up on the track. Normally, there's a big gap between the track and the seats. Show the next photo. Look how close the seats are literally right on the track. So what they found was because there was intimacy in this stadium, it caused a lifting effect. Because the people weren't far away and felt isolated from the crowd, they felt the energy, the encouragement, and it causes them to lift their game and break more records than any other stadium in the world. There's something about proximity. It's great to be in a church service. It's amazing to be in a, you have to be in a church service. But there's something about proximity. You can be here and still be isolated. You can't be in a connect group with 10 people and be isolated. You have to try really, really hard. So when you get into that proximity, there's a lifting effect that will take your life to a brand new level. And I want you to know today, you have a church that wants to lift you up. You have a God that wants to lift you up. But it's your choice. Am I going to get close proximity? and take my life to a new level, or am I gonna stay isolated and out of connection? Let me encourage you, get connected. Get in close proximity with people. Let somebody know you. Let somebody know you. Hebrews 10, 23 to 25. Do you guys like the Bible at East Lake Campus? All right, I'm gonna read the Bible a little bit. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up, say stir up, love and good works. I was just in my connect group last week, and I got to tell you, I left that thing so stirred up to do something good. So stirred up. We were talking about invading culture. We were talking about standing for the truth. We were talking about discipleship and transformation. And I'm telling you, I got multiple reports from other people in our group that said, man, I couldn't sleep last night. I was so stirred up. That's what happens when you get around people that are going for God. Your, your life starts to go to the next level. You start wanting to do something big. You start wanting to step into what God has called you to do. I'm telling you, there's something about proximity when we stir each other up. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. Some people forsake that. But exhorting one another, encouraging one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. And so there's something about coming together, not just in church services, but also in a smaller environment, such as a connect group. Because you can, you can get saved, you can get saved without other people. I've heard multiple stories of people saying, you know, they're on their deathbed or they're at rock bottom and they cry out to God, Jesus, if you're real, come, show me yourself. And Jesus will appear to them in different ways, weird ways, and they'll get saved and, and no one else is around. But did you know that Jesus doesn't just want you saved? He wants you saved, but he doesn't just want you saved. He wants you transformed. He wants you to become a true follower of Christ. He wants you to step in what he's called you to do and you can't do it by yourself. It, it happens through sick fellowship. That's where it happens, that's where transformation happens. It happens through sick fellowship, through discipleship, and that's why the church exists. Acts 2, 40 to 43 and 47, this is literally the launch of the New Testament church. And uh, it says, it says, and with many other words, Peter testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who, were glad, who, who gladly received the word were baptized, 
and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly, check this, steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in sick fellowship, in the breaking of bread, in homes, by the way, and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Verse 47 at the end says, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. In other words, being saved and being added to the church were kind of the same thing. Like it wasn't like God didn't intend for you to get saved and then go, you know, have your own isolated relationship with him. He, 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 he designed it so that you would get saved and be added to the church. And they went around and they were doing connect groups. They were studying the, the word of God. They were breaking bread. They were praying for each other. They were, they were exhorting each other and, and encouraging each other. And the church literally exploded with that model. With that model because more and more people were getting discipled and the power of God was flowing through that place and transformation was happening all throughout the beginning of the new church because of that model. So God saves us, but he uses church members, other people, to transform us to transform us. It's his power, but it's through his people. It's his power, but it's through his people. I love the story about Lazarus. You guys know this story probably. Jesus, his good friend Lazarus, dies. He's dead for four days. And Mary and Martha are freaking out. All his friends are freaking out. If Jesus, if you would have just been here, he would have he lived. So Jesus rolls up on the scene. Now Lazarus was one of his good buddies. He was one of his good buddies. It says this in John 11, 38 and 39. It says, then Jesus, again, groaning in himself, he was, he was upset, he was sad, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. So Jesus said, take away the stone. In other words, Jesus himself didn't take away the stone. He looked at the people, and he said, hey, take away the stone. It was his power, but it was through his people. Verse 43 says, now when Jesus had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Jesus could have walked over and taken off his grave clothes and loosed him and let him go, but he didn't. It was his power, but it was through his people. He said, people that are connected with Lazarus, loose him and let him go. So he came out with new life, but the stuff that was put on him when he was dead was still on him. So when you get saved, it doesn't mean you just forget about your past and automatically change your behavior. You still got old behaviors and old thought patterns. You need somebody to loose you and let you go. That's why we need people. We need people to loose us and let us go. Because you may come out of your old life when you were dead, before you knew Christ. When you know Christ, you have new life. When you were dead, you might have felt, uh, and then you come to new life, you might still have that shame and guilt, and maybe it's even more so, because now that you're saved, the devil's chirping in your ear saying, you don't deserve to be saved. What about your past? You're an addict. The pictures you look at, the divorce that you had, the way that you used to live. Are you kidding me? He'll, he'll try to lump on all of this shame and all of this guilt, and you need somebody to loose you and let you go. And he uses people to do that. And let me, have, let me tell you good news. At this church, we are not afraid to set you free. We are not afraid to usher in the presence of God and loose you and let you go. We aren't gonna let shame and fear and guilt and broken hearts and offenses 
keep you bound, hand and foot, and your head wrapped up. We're gonna bring the power of God to you and loose you and let you go. And then we're gonna walk out the journey with you in a connect group around people, close, face to face. When I got into my connect group for the very first time, it was literally like they were unwrapping that cloth from my face. I didn't know what it looked like to live as a Christian. I had no vision for living like a Christian. I had no vision for what a Christian marriage looked like. In fact, I was a little bit confused because I found that when I got into the connect group, all these people were cool. All these people were speaking my language. I'm like, wait, he even talks like me. They have a glass of wine, wait, what? All of a sudden, all these people that I found that Christians weren't as weird as I thought. They didn't all say weird stuff like that video. Some of them were cool. Our, our Connect leaders were surfers, and they'd been married for 25 years, and they were, you know, they were young at heart, and they were going for God, and they were changing lives, and they were volunteering and believing God in the church, and it was amazing. I was actually a little bit confused, but they literally gave me a vision, unwrapped that cloth from around my eyes so that I can see what it's like to live as a Christian. One of the saddest things that happens uh, in church and um, we'll get calls from, from people that go to our church and, and they'll call in the office and they'll say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm struggling in this area or I have somebody dying in my family, can somebody come and pray? Or um, somebody did, did just die, I need to do a funeral or I, I, I'm suffering because I can't pay my rent and I need resources. And you know the first question that we ask them? Whose connect group are you in? And when they say I'm not in a connect group, I feel bad for them because we can help you to a certain extent. But it's the people that know you. It's the people that know your story. It's the connect group that rallies around you, that can help you. That's the first level of pastoral care. That's where the real care happens. It blesses me when I hear connect group leaders and connect groups going to a hospital and believing God for somebody. And my mom, my parents are old school. My mom actually got mad at me one time because I didn't go to the hospital for somebody in the church. And I'm like, Mom, we can't take care of 7,000 people if I'm going to the hospital every time. That's why we have connect groups. That's why we are passionate about getting you connected with people because the same power that lives in me lives in Stephen. The same power that lives in me lives in Jay. The same power that lives in me lives in all of you. Y'all can do the same thing I can do. And so when we are connected, when we are in close proximity with people, you will find that you can, you can uh, lean on people. People can protect you. Just like in that gang, people will give you, you'll find your identity. I found my identity in my connect group. I found my identity. And I felt like I was valued, like I was known by people for the very first time. And, uh, and not only will they, will they loose you and let you go, but they're gonna help, they, they help you understand what you're hearing on a Sunday and what you're reading in this book. I was reading in Matthew, and I gotta hurry. I was reading in Matthew uh, a couple of years ago, and God spoke to me about this, the parable of the sower, with regards to connect groups. It was out of nowhere. Matthew 13, 18 to 23, it says, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. We know the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. And so God spoke to me about how, how powerful is it that you have a connect group that can help you understand the word that is sown into your heart? Because the word is perfect, but sometimes we're our imperfections and we can't understand the word of God. It, it doesn't talk that these people are connected at all. 
What if the person that receives the word that doesn't quite understand it that week, oh, it's connect group, they can go to that connect group and ask their connect group leader or other people in their connect group, hey, what does that mean? So that the devil can't come in and snatch that word from them. This is he who receives seed by the wayside, but he who receives seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. So this is someone who has yet to plant themselves in the house of God, has yet to plant themselves amongst people in close proximity with people. So the word of God comes and they receive it with joy. Oh my gosh, when you tithe, heaven opens. When you give, it's given back to you, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And then you leave and you tell your friend who's not in your connect group or not in your church and you receive persecution. Why would you give 10% of your money to church? That's foolishness. And all of a sudden that word that you received with joy is stolen from you and it, and it, and it doesn't produce any fruit. But what if you had a connect group that you could go and you felt protected and you felt encouraged and there were other people doing what you were doing and they were encouraging each other and their testimonies was your testimonies, you're sharing different stories. What if you were in a connect group? Now he received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. What if this person went to connect group and somebody told them, hey, you don't have to carry those cares. The Bible says that God carries your cares for you because he cares for you. You don't have to shoulder all of that. The cares of this world takes this person out because they got no one around them to provide the lifting effect, to encourage them, to exhort them. Then he receives seed on the good ground as he who hears the word and understands it. We can be people that help each other understand the word so we don't fall by the wayside, so we don't fall in stony places, so the, so the devil can't come in and steal that word that you left here so jacked about, so excited about. Let's be in close proximity with people. And you can't be a Christian by yourself. People say, you know what, I don't need God, I already know the word, I don't need other Christians, it's just me and God. You're probably the weird person that talks like the people on the video, and I guarantee you that when you speak Christianese in the world, it's not effective because the world doesn't speak Christianese. So when you're isolated, you become a little bit cuckoo, loco. You need people around you to check you. You need to go into a connect group and, and, and provide a way for someone to check you. Someone say, hey, what are you doing? That's not biblical. That's Christianese. No one cares about that. If you go into the world and say, I'm an apostle, no one knows what an apostle is outside of the church. You're better off to say, I'm the CEO of a church. Then people are like, oh, okay, yeah, I get that. I get that. You know what I'm saying? I'm a prophet. No one cares outside of the church. That's why you gotta have someone in your world that can check you at times. Some people don't get in connect groups because they refuse to submit to leadership. And they know if they're in a connect group, someone else is connected, they're gonna have to submit to someone else's leadership. And they don't wanna do that. What you don't know though is that great leadership comes from great fellowship. So if you've never followed anybody, I'll never follow you. 
Every great leader that I know is, is, is submitted to somebody else, is submitted to somebody else's leadership, is following somebody. I know that my authority comes from me submitting under Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, who are then submitted under Pastor Phil and Chris, who are then submitted under David Young and Cho, who then submitted under Jesus. I think it's Young and Cho and then Jesus. But everybody, your authority comes from submitting under authority. So if you wanna be a great leader, follow somebody. Follow somebody. Be faithful with another man's, the Bible says, and then you'll get your own. Be faithful with another man, and then God will give you, give you your own. But we sing these songs, and we say, all we need is you, Jesus. You're all I need. You're everything. And I get what we're saying, but it's just not true. Sometimes even Jesus himself isn't enough. Sometimes even Jesus himself isn't enough. Last story, Mark 2, 1 to 5, and if you were listening, Pastor Mike talked about this earlier. It says, and again, Jesus entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. I love that, that Jesus was in the house and everybody heard. You know, you know what you gotta do to fill this house? Is just bring Jesus here. Every single week, people start to hear there's something going on in Eastlake. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. In Luke 5, it says that the power of the Lord was there to heal them. The power of the Lord was there to heal all of the people that were in the house. Jesus was there in the flesh. After he preached the word to them, they came to him, bringing a paralytic, who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic son, your sins are forgiven you. Later in verse 10 he says, but that you may, the reason he said that is because that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He was basically announcing that he was the Messiah. He, then he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up his bed, went out to the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we've never saw anything like this. So you have this story. Jesus himself is in the house. The place is packed. The place is packed. The Bible says that the power of the Lord was there to heal them all but yet nobody in the house got healed. Not one person in the house got healed, even though the power of God was there to heal them. But then there's these four guys who went over to their paralytic friend. It doesn't say that their paralytic friend wanted to go. It doesn't say that he had any faith. But he had some people in his life that were willing to check him and not let him stay paralyzed on his bed. So they went to the man and they grabbed him, four guys in his connect group. They took him and they went up on the house and they said, I don't care if you wanna go or not, we're gonna check you, we're gonna get you healed by our faith. I don't care if you don't have faith, I don't care if you don't believe in Jesus, we do and you're about to see the power of God enter into your world. So they go up on the roof and the Bible says, when they broke through, when they broke through, then they lowered him down so that he could get his breakthrough. You never know when you need your friend to get breakthrough for you so that you can get your breakthrough. And you may be here today, 
and you say, I don't need breakthrough. Everything's going great in my world. Well, maybe you can be one of the friends. Maybe you can take your life and become a leader and take your friend and get breakthrough for them and lower him down so they can get their breakthrough. Even Jesus isn't enough all the time. You need people. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.